0: Welcome to the Shelter Footycast. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings, taking you through all the big stuff in the AFL of the week gone by and coming up ahead, Skeeter. We've got a Patreon now, mate. Are you excited? I've never heard the term Patreon, but I'm on board with you, Scoey. If you take me to the promised land, I'm there. VIP content, discounts, and much more. Backchatstudios.com.au to sign up as a VIP. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Oh yeah, there it is. The Shelter footy cast coming to you live from the back chat studios in the Southern River Boys. Uh, out of Thorny, the lads doing their best work. Mark Redding's in Will Schofield's chair. He's got a f- couple of family commitments as we speak. In his place on my seat as we speak is the Sandover medal favourite. <laughs> Uh, the co-captain
1: <laughs> of the premiership favourites perhaps, uh, Hammer Brayshaw. Hamish, welcome on. Jeez, Geez, what a wrap. I uh, don't know about either of those but we're in a good spot at the moment the Mighty Royal so good to be here.
0: In a very good spot of course. Uh, if you want to follow us, uh, socials it's at Shelter Footycast. Footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au uh, YouTube back chat, Shelter Footycast we've got all happening, make sure you jump on board. You know I don't know much about the social media sort of things yep. Hammer uh, but if you want to get involved as Cisco would say, it's a pretty simple. Uh, let's get into some of the big moments of the week. Now, I've got a bit of a, a fatigue factor because I watched Australia make eight for two ninety nine last yeah. night. Slightly under his hammer.
1: Yeah, slightly. I didn't go all the way. You went until about one did didn't 130, you? 1.30. I yeah. just uh, felt that I needed to see us through to the end. Yeah, no, they would have felt that support too, I'm sure. <laughs> um, no, I, I watched a little bit of it, but it just didn't really get going. A couple of 50s, 48s, and it was... We had some good. We looked good, and then nah, looked good. Nah, looked good. Nah. I think oh, if we can pile on somehow another thirty, forty runs, it'll be handy. Yeah. But um, yeah, they'll be they'll be going baseball on us, so it'll be a good test. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Eight for two ninety nine. Of course, Matildas play tonight. The
0: FIFA Women's World Cup's going to be huge. Let's jump straight into our big moments of the round. In fact, it's big moments of the week, and it's come out of nowhere, really. It's yep. the Harley yeah. Reed headline, mm. which suggests that he won't be coming to the club you're working at, the West Coast yes. Eagles, if he has any say in it. What do you make of it all?
1: Well, you don't have any say in it, Harley, unfortunately. You're, you're going to sign up to what is a national draft, and uh, you'll go where you're taken. Um, I don't like it, personally. I, I really don't like the idea of... Good kids saying, nah, don't draft me here. I don't want to go. Um, and it's a hard one to say to an eighteen-year-old that's living in Melbourne and doesn't want to leave. But as soon as you get drafted and move into state, you just so quickly forget about everything else. You get drafted to a footy club, you walk in the door, and it's like, sweet, this is family, this is home, and it's just, it's incredible. So I would, um, I would caution any young kid on saying, oh, I don't really want to leave home because it is very much a home away from home as soon as you get taken. Um, that being said, it's, uh, I think it puts West Coast in a pretty good position. Um, if the kid doesn't want to come, you just say, yep, we're going to draft you, we're going to draft you, we're going to draft you, and then eventually see who wants to bid the most for him and uh, and split the picks and go from there. So, I know, go. he's not big on it, but um, I think it's sort of, this gives him a little bit more. He's just won the big uh, country MVP. Yep. He's, I imagine he's going to make the Australian team if that hasn't already been announced. Um and it's just going to build his draft stocks to the point where uh, if he really doesn't want to come, well, who's going to bid the most for him?
0: Yeah, Nick Geish he's his uh, manager, of course, trying to put the fire out. Look, when it comes to the Eagles at the moment, it's their on-field results, which are mm. uh, perhaps causing some angst for, for Harley. In fact, he's from Vic Country. <clears throat> I mean, you must have known blokes from Victoria who've, who've come across to either South Australia or WA and have had a bit of... You know, concern
1: about how they're going to fit in,
0: lifestyle. It, it's understandable at that age to at least have some reservations.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, two guys that stand out. Adam Chera was one who was a bit reserved about coming over to Perth and was here for a couple of years and uh, enjoyed it. Sort of didn't fall in love with the place, and then you know, obviously had his uh, had his homesickness and wanted to go home and really just wanted to be around family, so he went back. Um, but the other example is Cam Rayner, who was in a pretty similar position to what Harley reads in, without the, all the amount of hype. But was a touted number one draft pick. Who, early on in the year, it had come out that rumored to, that he didn't want to leave Melbourne. He was, uh, he'd told other clubs no. Uh, Brisbane ended up having the number one pick and they took him, and he's loved it. And he's you know he's never going to come back. So there's uh, there's different examples of that um, the whole way through. But from for a guy from Vic country, I mean, it's not like you're leaving the city. You're leaving a you're leaving a small country town wherever he's from. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think. I think this buzz will die down pretty quickly and he'll realise that it's a national draft and he can go wherever he wants, but, um, sorry, wherever he gets taken, but... Uh I think it puts West Coast in a pretty good position.
0: Yeah, the split pick situation, no, it doesn't faze me either. I think they they can make uh, hay with that. Scully, though, very strong on social media. He's getting potted by people as well, which is quite... Just sitting back, being a bit voyeuristic. I've been in that yeah. position where you, you, you say something. Mine's normally after a couple of shelters watching the mm. cricket. But when you do put yourself out there and then
1: Scully starts responding, I love it. The banter that he gets involved with, it's too much for me. But he loves it. No, he does love it. He's just gone, well, he's, it's on the back of... He's called uh, Elijah Hewitt, Chris Judd. He said, this guy could be the next big thing. And you've got Judd, Jinby, Reed. You're looking at a Kerr Cousins, uh, Judd situation. So that's what scoies, the angle's going down. I can see what he's talking about because if this kid is going to be a generational talent, then – I mean, you just look at Nick Dagos a couple of years ago, was clearly the best player in the draft and uh, was always going to go number one. Whoever bid on him at first, Collingwood were going to take him, and now he's a favourite for the Brownlow by a mile. So he's, you, you have players like that every now and again where it's like, You just know that he's going to be a star. Um, It puts a lot of pressure on him, but players like that, I think, don't come around very often. So it, it, it would be worth it if you did get him. But at the same time, we've spoken about this before, you look back over the last 20 years, Adam Cooney's probably the only number one draft pick you'd redraft at number one in hindsight. So you're going to get good players in top 10 situations regardless of who you take.
0: Okay, the other big issue for the week as we head towards our preview of this weekend's action in the AFL is the AFL CEO's coming together with the league to talk about a number of ideas. The wildcard weekend, which seems to have uh, had some traction, but uh, the CEO's a bit mixed on that. Two which have come up in the past 24 hours, the uh, 17 and 6 fixture, Same which that, yep. is uh, play each other once, once yep. as a club and then mix up the, the fixture to, to suit the, the ladder as it stands. And also the best of three, Grand final idea, which uh, my mate Carl Langdon has been proposing. I can't get my head around it. Look, I, no no idea is a bad idea, but that one seems l- the least likely to get some traction.
1: Yeah, that one seems like just a big cash grab for mine. Um, I mean, other sports do similar things. The basketball obviously has a best of seven in the NBA, best of five here. Um, and the, the Stanley Cup do the same thing.
0: Based on a bit of home
1: yeah, and home away, away that's a sort of proviso that you haven't got two Melbourne Cubs playing. For instance, if it's yeah, Melbourne correct. Collingwood... You sort of, you're getting, I mean, I guess you have, your fans get access to tickets and the other fans don't. I I mean, I look at that from a basketball point of view where it's like you're playing on a court. The court's the same dimensions. The only difference is the fans. So I guess if you're playing at the MCG twice but you have 90,000 Collingwood fans and 90,000 Melbourne fans, it could make a difference. Um, I just I just like the one and done situation. I think the Super Bowl do it well. We do it really well. It's one Go The World Cup final in all sports, it's just, you go for it, you're done. Your Olympic final, Usain Bolt doesn't get to go out there and run a best of three. It's <laughs> a, yeah, you're out there, you run and you get it done. So I, I like that idea of, I like the idea of trying to think about new things. But that for me is a bit, that's a, probably a stretch too far.
0: Are you closer to accepting the possibility of playing each team once as, as a club and then then mixing it up? That, that seems, they're looking for some equity in the, in the the draw, which obviously we know is not the case. And even this year with teams playing Eagles and North twice, they they get a, a decent run at uh, some premiership points and percentage.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I mean, it's, um, it's certainly playing the, every team once to start with and then rejigging the draw. I think it's a good look. You can, especially in terms of money, I mean, that, I guess that's the AFL. It's a business. You're trying to make as much cash as you can. The idea of having three grand finals to make a bit more cash, if you had the last six games to sort of, fixture the do the fixture properly and at this point you could have Collingwood and Collingwood Port Adelaide on a Friday night you could have Melbourne uh, you know Melbourne Geelong on a Saturday night you can do the fixtures that way so that you can generate that buzz and excitement and that that would probably help the cash flow a little bit I imagine but um, yeah I'm more sold on that idea.
0: Okay, Hammer. Well will there. Two of the biggest issues in footy, and uh, coming up later. Looking forward to getting your Bottle Mart Ruffy of mm. the week. Start your footy weekend at Bottle Mart. Grab your shelters where Bottle Mart has you covered, and of course, Froth Town. Yes. Uh, we've been talking about yeah, that. We a have few been. Bit. Yeah, there's a bit of a uh, bit of interest in that, and you had a frothy last week with me at the uh, the Ashby. But this is Froth Town. Eighteenth mm. uh, and nineteenth of August. Uh, yes. Just go to www.froth.town and you'll get all the details of what's going to be a, a very tasty couple mm. of days of uh, beer c- consummation,
1: which... Uh, there I'm, you go. Yeah, That's me- one way to put it. Other than getting pissed is another way. <laughs> <laughs> I tried
0: to put yeah. a bit of a silky spit on that, yeah. but it didn't quite work. <laughs> uh, this is the Shelter footy Cast with Hammer and Skeet. Oh, we'll get our teeth into the round as it stands. No Thursday night footy uh, for the rest of the year, I know. But we've got the we have got the cricket. We've yeah, got the, that's the, true. the, the, the to, to just keep us rolling through uh, mm-hmm. life. But let's jump into our two WA teams, uh, Carlton and the West Coast Eagles at Marvel Stadium on Saturday. <laughs> it's hard to get uh, hard to get too buoyant about what the Eagles are going to produce uh, against the Carlton team, which is reinvigorated. They're on a roll and. They're a sneaky chance to play finals. Yeah, that
1: hurts me to say. But uh, I had written them off a couple of weeks ago. I'd been staunch in saying they're the worst team ever. But somehow they've um, they've managed to turn around. around. Pl- I watched them play against Freo here. Uh, they moved the ball well. They had good tools in the air. Harry Mackay going down hurts them. Um, but I feel like even last week, Charlie Curnow stepped up and played a massive role in that win. Um, look, I obviously I'm going to tip West Coast. Because uh, I'm backing them in. I think they've got some tools in that'll help them out. They've got some players coming back. The Cavalry's arrived. Oh, yeah. But, uh, no, nah, Carlton are a sneaky chance to uh, to really get themselves going. They've, they're getting a bit like Geelong. They're getting good at the right time of the year.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Harry Mackay, uh, luckily that injury, uh, not as... Not as severe as they thought. Absolutely. But the Blues scored 152 points against the Eagles in round seven this season. Uh, and they're the 17th team ever to have had four straight 50-point-plus wins. Now... Yep. Bear in mind, uh, the opposition not elite yep. in terms of top of the tail, but Michael Voss has turned this team around, which uh, I think mm. you knew they had, had something there, but he's been able to unlo- just yeah, unlock the door.
1: He has. Uh, and I read some stat that if they make it 50-plus again this week, there's only one, or two teams who've ever done it, and that's Geelong twice. Mm. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I feel like, again, he's just got them clicking at the right time of the year. Patty Cripps is playing really good footy. Sam Walsh is a massive inclusion when he's up and going for that team. Um, the run that he, he'd be in the top he'd be in the top four or five hard runners in terms of midfield runners in the comp I mean I think of guys like Turk Miller Andy, Andrew Miller brother is one of those players um, and Sam Walsh is another one who just does not stop I mean his 2k time trial is like 5 minutes 40 or something so he just, he's just a phenomenal runner um, and has really given something to that midfield. But they're just going well at this point, and it's the perfect time of the year to do it. Um, unfortunately, their run of five is, four is going to be stopped against the Mighty Coasters, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they're a different side than they were in that 152-point game.
0: Well, let me just uh, put some stats in front of you here, sure. which might
1: just uh, dampen your enthusiasm. In won't. the last
0: four rounds, the Eagles have conceded 20 marks per game in their defensive 50, ranked last defensively. Yeah. Um, and no Jay McGovern. He's, Hurts. Uh, it's, a, it's a big out. A <laughs> massive out. Um in all seriousness, there were signs against Richmond. Yep. Um, what do they have to do to build from here? And, and not that you're going to give away too much team info, but any players coming in, do you think into the
1: into the frame this week, selection wise? I would. Ha- unfortunately, I really wouldn't have any idea. We. Um... We just had we had our chat we had a conversation a couple of like maybe a week or two ago about releasing sensitive information uh, and I was sitting there thinking I just don't know any sensitive information anymore <laughs> when I was there playing waffle for them like I was privy to a couple of things yeah. like who's coming back who am I going to get but being out of the frame now I'm just sitting there watching boys train so I really don't have a whole lot of insight but in terms of what they I mean Tom Brass is massive for him he's it's, the the going down of Harry uh, and Gov sort of not nullifies itself because Gov's a star. Um, but TB on uh, on Kurnow is going to be a big matchup. I don't know who else is coming back, but it. Uh, I mean, it just rests on what the midfield can do. I think to see Carlton playing so well at the moment on the back of their run through the middle of the ground, um, it's going to be a big task for the Eagles. But that's uh, if they're going to try and sort of squash any momentum and, and really dampen the score, it'll be, um, it'll be from the midfield.
0: And the good news is, certainly from Andrew Gaff's perspective, is that sub last week came on very early, but Adam Simpson has yep. guaranteed or certainly indicated yep. he'll be starting this week. So uh, 24 disposals, not a lot of metres gained, but he's a player that if he's out there in leadership and, and being able to just generate some sort of football for, for the team, it's got to be better than, than the alternative of him out, out of the side and, and struggling for a touch.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I look at his situation at the moment, and it's a, a guy who's a senior player of football, all Australian, um, and just in not great, injured and sore and hurt and looks struggling, uh, and you know he's a t- having a tough time getting a kick uh in you know in the perfect world you look at i mean scoey hated the, the idea of the brisbane boys dropping themselves but let's just say the brisbane boys got admitted and didn't drop themselves they had young talent who was you know energized and had would come in to learn and then once that boys get their form back they come in whereas <laughs> we're not in a position oh Gaffy we're going to drop you mate and we're going to bring no one in because no one else is fit so he just had to play the whole time so it's um oh, i think it's good that he got, that he I think the sub would have shocked him, his system a little bit, and re- given him a refresh. Came on and played um, a reasonable game, and I think it's the security now being like, look, mate, you're in, play the game. I, I think he's a champion footballer. He's a champion bloke. I really, I really like him, and I think he's, um, I think he's still got a bit to offer. So I think he'll be all right this week.
0: And uh, just a quick shout out to Brady Hoff, who kept Charlie Cameron yep. goalless a <coughs> couple of weeks ago. Uh, finished with 18 disposals, a season high, three intercept marks and 80 intercept possessions last round. So uh, just these little nuggets uh, coming out the back end of the season,
1: which was exactly what the Eagles are hoping for. Yeah, exactly. He's um, he's one that I've looked at over the last little bit and think, yep, you're going to be a, a really good player. Not a high draft pick, um, a sort of a diamond in the rough that's come out and just really, really shown that he can be a quality player in that, in that uh, position. I think the injury of Tom Cole and the fact that he's had a, a lot of time to sort of try and own that spot and make it his own, and then Josh Rotham hurt his hand and he's had the opportunities and, he, and I think he's really really took a, uh, taken them on um, but guys like him guys like Rhett Bazo um, and then you've obviously got stars like Jimby and Hewitt so there's and Noah Long I even think he's going to be a really good talent so there's Prospects and there's budding signs of young players that are going to be there for the next ten years. That'll uh, so I think there's enough for the Eagles fans to be to be looking at and be thinking, "Yep, uh, we're struggling now, but we'll, we'll be fine."
0: So Hammer, who's uh, tipping on behalf of Scoey, has tipped the Eagles. Yes, it's not, so it's not even your bottle, Mart Ruffy of the week, which no, says something about uh, how bullish he is about the Eagles. So yep, they just get it done. I think. Yeah. Well, now <laughs> you've uh, you've you've been sort of sort of handcuffed about how freely you can speak about one team. The next WA side we're going to discuss is the Dockers against Sydney Saturday night, Optus Stadium. Both teams, theoretically, have a lot of work to do, particularly Fremantle to make the eight. In fact, I'm prepared to say they're, they're Well, they have scared. to win all
1: six, so they're yeah, gone.
0: They're gone. They're they're gone. gone. Yeah. But can they win on Saturday night with no Sean Darcy? Brandon Walk? we know, with a patellar injury. Uh, they might get a couple of players back. Uh, Hayden Young being one of those. You know, Caleb Sorong will come back into the mix mm-hmm. after suspension. Uh, but have they got the tools to, to turn around? Since the bye, they just haven't been yeah. able to regain their mojo. Yeah, major. they've
1: been shit out since the bye. I don't know what... Oh, I just don't know what the catalyst was for them to be in the position they're in. I I just I, I don't know if they've got what it takes to win. Uh, Sydney are an interesting side though because they've obviously had a couple of wins. I mean the win against West Coast they just blew the water, blew them out of the water. But then there's other games where they're just like you're just not a very interesting team to watch. So I um, while I don't think it'll be a blockbuster clash, I still think it could be a tight game. Um, oh, just I'm hesitant to tip. Frio Freo at the moment because I just don't think they're playing good I think there's a couple of guys on that team that look like they're sort of booking holidays and it's uh, it's a bit like that six in a row to win the task is looking it's looking almost insurmountable but uh, obviously I'm biased and I will be sticking with the Fremantle but it's, this one hurts me to tip them well, Sydney, uh, they have been disappointed. They've had some injuries, though. To be fair to yeah. them, um, yeah. one
0: player. Look, we know that we know the quality that Papley brings to the forward on Luke Parker through the middle, but Errol Goulden oh. has been uh, outstanding. Not sure if you, you pay much attention to him on a weekly basis, yeah. but he, he just looks like, uh, and you know, even discussions at the Swans that he could be one day a Brownlow medalist just shows you how highly he's held.
1: Yeah, I I'd completely agree, and and w- watching them on a few occasions this year, the one thing I notice about him is you get guys that like. I look at, for example, North Melbourne, Luke Davies-Uniak is a freak and he's an offensive juggernaut and goes bananas. And Errol Gordon is sort of matching him on the stat sheet. You look at, you compare the pair and it's like, okay, they're both having similar offensive impact, but then the way he's able to get back in defense and and help out there and then generate movement going forward. Um, For a young player to be that damaging both ways and really be able to help out and then go forward and get on the scoreboard and find the 30 times and it's uh yeah he's introducing himself to the Sharon and across the park which is for a young player it's a it's a real sign so I mean yeah a Brownlow medalist I'm not sure but he's a uh, he's one that for me that has just gone bang and really stood out this year definitely.
0: One other stat worth touching on we know the Dockers first quarters have been putrid for yeah. well more than 12 months now but Horrible. across their last three games Frio's conceded 58 points per game in the first half ranked 17 so they're playing a lot of catch-up footy there and against the better sides it just doesn't
1: doesn't pay off to 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 begin like they have it just hasn't given them any any sort of foothold in nah, the game you are given Winks 15 lengths in the uh turning into the straight and there's just no catching it so it's um they they're just not giving themselves a real chance they I, I don't know what it is i mean having played football for a long time no one goes out in the first quarter thinking Oh well i'm just going to i'm not going to try here you do a warm up you, you we we were in a situation last year playing where our first quarters weren't great. And we tried to mix up our... This is East Perth. This is East Perth. Yeah. And we mixed up our pre-game warm-up. And it's like, we still had, we lost the first quarter. We mixed up our pre-game warm-up. We stopped. We lost the first quarter. We mixed up our pre-game warm-up. We won a first quarter. And it was like, the warm-up really had nothing to do with it, I don't think. Is you know, it a coaching thing? Is, is it a player-driven? Which side... I, I, just, I, I don't think the coaches have anything to do with how the first quarter gets played. The, the warm-up has nothing to do with how the first quarter gets played players just go out and i think you're sort of in your own head like we're just i need to try really really hard and it's it's a weird one i mean adrian Hickmott was my was a coach of mine for a while and he used this analogy that i just I laughed at but at, in hindsight it's like maybe he's got a bit of credence to this but he said he was a surfer and the analogy was if you're trying to do a cutback which i can't i can't even stand up on a surfboard if you're trying to do a cutback and you're trying way too hard you cut back and fall in the water and he's like, he drew this graph up and it was like, you try too hard graph. He said, if you're trying 10 out of 10, you're not going to do it. He said, go out there and try an eight eight out of 10. So you're giving it not everything, but you're sort of relaxed in it all. And I'm Fraser McInnes was the guy who was our captain. <laughs> And he walked out in the huddle and said, "Boys, don't listen to a word of that. Give everything." <laughs> but in hindsight, I feel like that's sort of the—that's what happens when teams are losing first quarters. You can just go out there and try too much. Maybe you can relax. Too a- much energy into it, yeah. and then you make one mistake, and it's like, "Oh shit!" We, you know, the coach is going to grill me. We're all about first quarters. Um, I feel like you can get in your own head about it. So, while well, it's important to go out there and try your hardest. Maybe don't try too hard. <laughs> Well, the Dockers have been like big wave surfers that have come <laughs> yeah. off
0: uh, time and time yeah. again, unfortunately, and uh, gone wrong. Right. So, you're tipping Fremantle? I'm tipping Freo yes. Uh, and by the way, quick shout out to Neil Erasmus who's starting. To, oh, we yeah, talk about young players yep. trying to get uh, a foothold. He's a young yeah. bloke that I think. Um, Matty Johnson. There, there's some bright sparks, but mm. unfortunately, given the latter position, the Dockers have been uh, copping yep. uh, the criticism for their performances, and and rightly so. And they've got uh, Sydney on Saturday, now, I'm tipping Sydney. By the okay, way, I sure. just think the Swans playing better footy, Dane rampy getting off at the tribunal. Yeah, is that was big. big. That was I know Scoey was about to – he's had a few uh, battles on his hand this he week. Has. That was he's one of Scully, his yeah. – he was really fired up about yeah, that But big, Dane yeah, Rampey yeah. to play.
1: It, it's, it's big for them because he's – Massive. He's such a good player. He's one of the generals. He is. And I'm very glad he got off. I mean, I watched Scoey's rant and rave about it. And I just sit there, and while I'm probably not as opinionated on it as he is, it was clear to me that it was just – it should not have been – a suspension, uh, and I'm very, very glad it got overturned. Fair enough.
0: Uh, There are WA teams, the Dockers, the Eagles in action on this Saturday. This is the Shelter Footycast with Hammer and Skeet. Well, let's jump into our other matches beginning Friday night. Pivotal game. In fact, some really good matches mm-hmm. uh, outside of the WA team, got to be honest. Uh, Essendon v. the Bulldogs at Marvel Stadium. Mm. Uh, top eight positions for both these
1: clubs pretty much on the line. Yeah. the uh, I mean, there's been a few of these in the last couple of weeks, but the good old-fashioned eight-pointer... Uh, I just... Essendon have intrigued me all year. I think I tipped them. I mean, I'm not sure all the way back when, but I reckon I would have pegged them for bottom four. Didn't think they were any chance. Mm. Uh, Brad Scott's really got the team going. They've fired shots and they're, they're, they look... While they don't have much... Well, not much, but they don't have the star power that other teams in the top eight do. They're a very well-rounded side. Uh, and I feel like this one is a well-rounded side that's coming up against a team of stars all over the park. So the Bulldogs, I feel like, have got... They've got things going in a reasonable spot. Uh, but Marcus Bontempelli's playing phenomenal football. Uh, he leads those, he leads that team better than uh, – he, he's in my top handful of captains in the comp, I think. Yep. The way he is able to sort of lead by example. Um, but, yeah, really, oh, I'm very much looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a good Friday night game. I think the Bulldogs will be my tip. But, uh, yeah, this one could go either way. Bailey Smith, after illness, looks like he comes back yep. into the mix
0: something missing with the bulldogs though. Uh, we watched their game against the swans. They get enough inside 50 looks but unfortunately their their efficiency hasn't been great. Um and it's it's a it's a ongoing concern for Luke beverage because their best is still very good mm. but they're in a bit of a funk at the moment in terms of their form just just unable to really um, really get on top of their game and and impose themselves in yeah, position.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they are. I mean, I look Bailey Smith, you talk about it's a good example of sort of where that funk is at. I think he um, last year and the year before he was he was running around getting thirties and, and kicking a goal or two. And his form has sort of dropped. I'm not sure if he's had a change in role, but he, he looks like he's not impacting the game offensively or defensively as much. Um, guys like Lockie Hunter that have left and and, and sort of you lose. 30 possessions. So with him gone and then Bailey Smith not having, you're probably losing 40 to 50 pretty quality possessions a game, which is um, is hurting them uh, both offensively and defensively. So they are in a bit of a rut. Um, but that being said, they're in a rut with a position still to make the final. So if it doesn't take much for things to click. It happened for them um, in 2016 that yep. it just clicked and all of a sudden, bang, they're away. And so I think it's, uh, it's a better position to be in and for the opportunity for things to click, definitely.
0: Colour quick stats to finish off. The Bombers, the only team in the comp to average over 100 points at Marvel Stadium this season uh, in three of their four games mm-hmm. scoring over the century. But they have a 1-7 win-loss record against top eight teams compared to an 8-1 record against bottom 10 sides. So... Uh, mm. Bit to ponder there. You're tipping the Bulldogs? I'm tipping
1: the Dogs, yep. Tight
0: game, Essendon a real chance here. I might just stick with you with the Bulldogs to win, but not a lot of confidence. Friday yeah. night game should be a beauty, though. it be a very good game, yes. And uh, can't wait to see how that one plays out. Uh, let's go to Saturday, and it is the Tigers up against the Hawks. We saw Richmond in town last week, and Hawthorne um, have been on a nice trajectory, beating North Melbourne pretty yep. comfortably by 48 points mm-hmm. last week. Uh, how do you see this one playing out at the MCG with the Tigers... Probably uh, not
1: odds on to make the eight, but they're they're a team. If they do get there, you wouldn't want to face the MCG. Yeah, uh, God no, it's uh, a little bit similar. They're not playing as well as Geelong are at the moment, but they're another team where it's you, you, you're dangerous and you, you're worried about them. Come September, if they do find a way to make it, um, I love what the Hawks have done. I love what Sam Mitchell's done with the Hawks. Uh, the rebuild for them was was very clear and had a clear path, and it was very much in the mindset of we're going to put these young kids out there and and remind them of why they got drafted and go out and show your skills and your one wood, we call it in um, people call it around the place, which is a stupid saying by the way, because the one wood is the, my (laughs) least favorite club in the bag. Um, but, yeah, it's been a real clear path for them of what they've been trying to do, and it's, it's, it's been working, and they're playing exciting football. Uh, I think they come up against an, experience, uh, an, an experienced side that will stop a lot of that, so I think Richmond will win this game. But um, I love what the Hawks have been able to do, and I am very, very cautious of, of Richmond making the finals and, uh, and making a little shake of it. Dusty Martin's a star. Tim Taranto, I think, has been up there with one of the great trades of the season. Uh, Shai Bolton's a star. They've got good players across everywhere that are really starting to get going.
0: Yep, Tigers uh, have scored 110 points in each of its last two games against the Hawks. Uh, Numbers are good. Shea Bolton, my favourite player in the AFL, uh, kicked 2-4 last week. But once he starts uh, showing a bit, uh, took mark of the round, I would have thought, uh, in good touch. Uh, Returning from suspension, James Sicily, very important. but only had 17 touches Mm. uh, last week in their win over North Melbourne, and they've lost their seven of their past nine games against the Tigers. That being said, uh, coming back from <laughs> Perth, if you've took the Eagles, and I'm allowed to have the, yeah, uh, the they, bottom art rough yeah, of the of course, week mate. as the Hawkers yeah, sure at the can. MCG. <coughs> you sure uh, can. The numbers don't suggest they're going to trouble the, the Tigers. But that's why it's a roughy yep, hammer. Correct. So I'm locking and loading. Look at Jaden just writing that down. Yeah. Skeet, idiot, tipping yeah. Hawthorne to beat Richmond at the MCG, given their appalling record in I recent times. I like it. And I you're... like it a lot. Yeah, you don't really. You're just saying that for uh, <laughs> for uh, the value of uh, the podcast. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. This is going to be a huge game. Let's go to Brisbane and Ooh, the Gabba. Geelong at the Gabba. Yep. Uh, Saturday afternoon or twilight up there, and this is a game that promises so much. Brisbane, Possibly mentally scarred after what happened at the MCG last Friday night, They'd be up against a cat side which completely uh, shredded the Bombers.
1: Yeah, this is uh, this is looking to be the game of the round for mine. I think uh, Brisbane at the Gabba is a different kettle of fish. They, uh, I, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't remember them losing there this year. Whether they, whether they have or not is is a, a fact I'm not sure of. But they're they're going really well there. Geelong are starting to hit their straps and dangerously too. They've got. Um, they've got what five games left six games left to lock themselves in the finals but all of a sudden they're fifth on the ladder and it's sort of it's come out of nowhere for mine they've really struggled to start the year they looked like they had one of the great premiership hangovers of all time and then have just started ticking along ticking along had kept themselves in touch enough to launch and um, and now they're they're in the finals race and they're uh, they're looking really really dangerous Um Having a look at, speaking of bottom-up roughies of the week, uh, I obviously I don't think that West Coast are a roughie because I just know they're going to win. But Balls, I, yeah. moral, of course, I, I just, uh, this game, and then the rest of the, it's got to be over three bucks is essentially what the bottom-up is. I set that figure.
0: Mm. Um, and I, was, I haven't had a, I going mean, I get a roughy with three dollars, without three dollars. So, uh, but you, you've identified this
1: is the game. This is the game. Play for three dollars? Like. No, they're not three dollars. The mighty cats are. Uh, <laughs> I'll get the, the cats at two dollars. I two dollars thirty. I think on um, on blue I'm not looking because I'm not allowed to bet. But uh, I have been informed uh, that the one to thirty nine line for the mighty cats is three dollars twenty. So okay. that's a bottom-up ruffie, and That will be my bottom-up ruffie of the week. The Cats to win by 1-39. to 39. Fair enough. Uh, we know Brisbane played super footy for two to three
0: quarters last week. Um, the question is, can they go home and get the job done? Uh, just quickly on Geelong, will they, they not in the same position as last year where they could manage Paddy Dangerfields and their, their yeah. senior players? It's a bit more problematical because they have to keep winning to play finals and, and mm. even get a – I want to say – get a top four finish is still not beyond the realm so it's not as simple this year for Chris Scott.
1: No it's not um, it's I mean it's a luxury to be able to rest guys like that but I think as well in a situation where th- that they're in at the moment guys like that would be sort of itching to get out there and play most weeks I mean it's it's like your, your season's on the line and you have to keep winning to sort of stay in the race and I feel like for those guys they haven't had that excitement in a while they won the premiership but they've been over the last what, four or five years, they've been sort of top four um, sort of stalwarts. They've been there for the whole time. So for this to be a new challenge for them, I think would be exciting and would sort of reinvigorate them in their seniority in, in the AFL. And it's like, okay, well, this is a real challenge that we haven't had in a while. So let me get out there and play every week. Let me go and dominate a game. Let me try and find a way to get Geelong into the top four and, and have another crack at a premiership. So I feel like while it's a luxury to be able to rest them, I think it's sort of a sort of a novelty for these guys to be in a position where, hey, we've got to win every week. To really give this a shake, so oh, I think they'll relish the opportunity, and um, oh, I think that I don't think it'll phase them too much.
0: Yeah, I'm tipping Brisbane to win at the Gabba just because of course. Uh, that's what they do. <laughs> yeah, like, they do win up uh, turning there. up, and uh, they've got the tools. And I think there's there's a bit of a steely resolve. Their form away from home not great, but they're unbackable almost at uh, the Gabba. Despite uh, Hammer's selection of Geelong one to thirty nine for his bottom art ruffie of the week, you say that's the game of the round. I say this is the match of the round. Port okay. Adelaide v Collingwood first versus Actually, second, I did or second this versus one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> The Adelaide. Yeah, there you go oh, uh, the... you did give me a weird look when I said that <laughs> the power um, 50 point loss last week uh, yeah, they won some... the inside 50 count against the Blues strange but um, just a third side to lose by more than 6 goals this season with a positive inside 50 differential so had a lot of players out some of yeah. those will return this week um, that I think we'll, we'll change a lot of the dynamics of this game.
1: Yeah, I um, I, well, I did forget about this game, and I don't know how I did because I've uh, I've been looking forward to it for a long time. I was speaking to a couple of people at work the other day about the way that Collingwood play and and how they never out of games and they're always coming back, and it's you know a bit of belief in that squad that's sort of different from anywhere else. I think I don't think a lot of other sort of Melbourne the way they beat Brisbane on the weekend that was sort of an anomaly win for them. I think they had a similar opportunity against GWS and lost it. Um, whereas Collingwood just, they have that belief and they just consistently do it. Uh, and then when they get <clears throat> sides they should beat, they sort of, they roll over the top of them. Um, I, I just don't see another team like Collingwood in the comp at the moment, but then Port Adelaide are playing a different brand of football with a full list in. It's, I just, I think it's exciting. And I yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this game. I think the def- the defence of Collingwood up against a fully-fledged attacker, Port Adelaide is going to be a real sort of um, un- immovable force meets the, uh, what is it, the immovable object meets an unstoppable force or something like that. Yeah, we need Travis not 100- Kelsey for that. Yeah, uh, not 100- just need Travis him. just to help
0: us out there. Yeah. Uh, but I know what you're saying. Um, <coughs> in a nutshell, Nick Dacos, we talk, talked about his yep. Brownlow favouritism. Is there a player in Port's lineup that they can sacrifice to try to nullify his influence? What is it? Averaging 34.5 disposals a game?
1: Mm. It's, I don't think there is. And I, it's an interesting one. I, I was very. I mean, I think Scully and I were talking about this earlier in the year. Why don't teams tag him? Why aren't teams tagging him? And then teams started tagging him and he went inside and he would win his own ball. Teams would start tagging him in there and he'd go forward and then he'd just have a defender that he would beat. Teams would start sort of playing a defense, he it, it, it just, not untaggable, because no one's untaggable, but he's, um he's just, he can go everywhere on the ground, and so he's such a dangerous player to play, and I don't think the tag, at the, this point in his career, the tag's not the right way to play him, I feel like it's a, see if you can find someone to go one, like head to head and just beat him, which is easier said than done, but I mean, guys like Zach Butters, guys like, I mean, if Horn Francis comes back, I don't know how or who it is, but William Drew did someone <coughs> like him. I mean, I don't dare
0: sacrifice a bloke like him. I, I don't know whether he, yeah. who's got the 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 tools to to cover. It's just a great. It's a, it's
1: a good question. I think Drew's not a bad shout. He's um a young player who's playing really good football. Can he just say, "Hey mate, try your best to go and head to head with him and beat him"? And it's interesting because good good young players like that. There's a there's an air of swagger and arrogance about him where it's even if you're coming up against a brown favourite you you, you just you, there's a little chip saying I can beat this bloke I can I can do it so I think that's not a bad shout it'll be it'll be an interesting game I mean one more three vote performance from Dacos probably all but seals it but uh, oh, I, I'm gonna I'll let you tip first because I don't know who I'm going well Dan for
0: Houston yet. coming off for uh, 41 disposals last round just the ninth player to win at least 40 touches <laughs> yep. a game this season. It's a tough one. Um, I won't get to see any of this going, because I'm going to be at the Fremantle-Sydney match, uh, unfortunately.
1: Oh. <laughs> so so
0: I've been given the short straw yeah, in sure the sense of, luck. of watching uh, those two teams as opposed to the top two in the comp. They've won their past seven at the L.A. Oval, Collingwood. They, it's a very tough game to call. I possibly think that the Magpies... but.
1: That's yeah. I, I, this is a real fifty-fifty game. I mean, you can't tip a draw, can you? Uh, I um yeah. I, I think I've actually tipped Port Adelaide in this. Uh, How are you
0: doing in the West Footy tipping? Shocking! Body? I thought I saw Horrible. you holding up the table. At, uh, yeah, at I was stage. holding. I was.
1: I was down at the bottom. Um, yeah, you're obliged to pick West Coast. <coughs> I you know, am obliged to tip West Coast. Coast. Uh, I've also been obliged. Well, not obliged, but I um I feel like I tip Fremantle every week as well. Which is just why I just tip Fremantle because- and Melbourne. I just I feel like it's uh, I just do loyalty. It. Loyalty. I don't know, but anyway, it's uh, I am Pretty right there. chipping, down the bottom.
0: Hammond, For goodness' sake, give me Port your... Adelaide.
1: Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide. No. A wounded zebra that bounced back and get it done.
0: Wounded zebra. Right. Okay. Port Adelaide to win the top two clash. Uh, we'll run through these other games uh, at Manuka on Sunday. It's a Giants versus the Suns. Uh, Keytaker coach has come uh, good straight away in, uh, they in Stephen King, but the Giants. Probably the most
1: improved side this year, and one of the real um, surprise packets. Yeah, they are. Uh, I mean, on the back of obviously the defensive prowess of Jack Buckley, uh, they've been getting it done. Uh, Toby Green's firing, superstar, superstar. Sam Taylor, oh, he's a good. They're just they're, they've got some pretty good players. Josh Kelly's a good player. Lucky Whitfield's a good player. Um, I don't know how. I mean, I don't know the track record of. Uh, caretaker coaches in their second week first week they've always they've Mm. just got something it's the Michael Jordan special stuff and they just go bang in the first week don't know what the record in the second week is Uh, but I just think GWS are a reasonably good side at the moment I think they probably get the job done there's not a whole lot in this game for me Uh, Ben King V whoever goes to him it'll probably be Taylor uh, yep. that'll be interesting whether it's Jack Buckley if it's Jack Buckley then the, the Suns have got no hope but um, yeah I'm tipping the Giants in this one
0: Yeah they've won 10 of their past 11 against the Gold Coast mm. Suns uh, this game in Canberra I know Scoey said at the start of the week this is a danger game for, for the Giants but um, the Suns I think the, the sugar hit obviously works yep. early on but <clears> um, you know obviously you need Matty Rowe to keep uh, getting plenty of the footy will power Jared Witt, Ritz in the in the ruck Jared Witts is a, a fine player but I, I think the Gold Coast Suns probably got themselves up for that match and, and now they're just trying to Work yeah. out uh, the numbers for Damien Hardwick uh, for 2024. <laughs> that's going to be, I think, that's all that remains. Uh, the Giants to win for me at Manuka Oval on Sunday afternoon. Two yep. more games. So uh, the Demons up against the Crows at the MCG. Melbourne um, somehow found a way to win last week. Yeah. Um, Brody Grundy. There's talk that he might end up at a third club yeah. off the back of being dropped for one week. Yeah. Whether that's premature, I think probably. But Maxy yep. Gorn showed uh, what he is capable of, and of course. The likes of Petrarca, um, this Demon side, still not humming. There's no question no. that one point victory,
1: I think, Doesn't disguises a yeah. bit of
0: yeah. uh, the problems they had in quarters two and three.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that one point victory sort of keeps the gap between the top in them and the top four. And if they lost that, they'd be right up for the picking. Um, they're just they aren't the same team without Clayton Oliver. He is, for mine, almost the most important player in the competition when he's up and going, uh, and they aren't the same without him. They've got guys – they've obviously got really good talent, and my brother's one of them that is playing in the midfield on the back of Clayton being injured. Um, but the mix – and while they've got three, four really, really good players that go in there, the mix just isn't the same without him in there. I think he's a different kettle of fish, and he provides an ability to win the clearance and run hard that not a lot of others in the in the competition have. Um, Petrarca down forward's been a, a really – just a dominant force, and he's been able to get on the scoreboard and kick goals, and having <clears throat> and having Clayton in the middle to give him repeat entry and give him really good look. I think that's what it'll take for them to get going. Uh, so while I don't think they're humming, I still think they're going to the they're going to beat the Crows, um, who were pretty disappointing over the last couple of weeks. They've, they've they've got young talent who I think are probably getting a bit of a, head, a bit ahead of themselves. I mean, look at Rochelle the last couple of weeks, and guys like that are, are getting a little bit ahead of where they're at. Um, I still think they've got a really good side. They've got leadership. They've got experience. um, But I think they're going to come up against a side that'll be too good for them.
0: Yeah, they did by 17 points. The Crows last week at home and got rolled by the Giants. My selection is quite simple. Adelaide's won just five of its last 24 interstate matches, and yep. we saw them against Essendon, very disappointed. They haven't found the key, particularly nah. at M- the MCG, yeah. to, to really, a bit like Brisbane, to think they're going to against a good side. So yeah. uh, both of us both tipping of us going for Melbourne days. Yep. on Sunday, and mm-hmm. uh, the Demons just trying to get themselves rolling uh, towards the back end of 2023. Uh, final game of the round, St Kilda hosting North Melbourne Marvel Stadium. And uh, the word is that Brett, uh, Brett Ratton's going to hand over the reins to Alistair Clarkson again, round 21. Yep. So issues there. A bit of talk that there's some rumblings behind the scenes about uh, Ross Lyon and Simon Lethley and it's in Kilda. So both these clubs, Kilda's... In the eight as it stands, but they're a team that is is vulnerable to dropping out. They won't be losing this, but they'll be vulnerable to dropping out of the eight at some stage.
1: Yeah, I think they will be. They've got to keep winning. And these are the games that they need to put away and put away well. Uh, I don't think Hamble... We speak about new coaches coming back in. I don't think Hamble in the game back to your original coach is going to give you that special sugar hit that you need to win the game, unfortunately. Uh, I think they'll put somewhat of resistance up, but not for very long. I think St Kilda have got... um, I got a real opportunity here to put a bit of, put some points on the board, get a bit of percentage, which I think is going to like the teams in the top eight. It's all tight. Percentage is massive for them, so this is a game that, unfortunately for North Melbourne, no one's going to take lightly. Uh, they've got to go out and really try and put a good score on the board. So I think they're going to give it a red hot crack, and uh, I think that's going to be too good. So this one's a pretty pretty clear one for me. Straightforward, yeah. Uh, St Kilda to win. <coughs> uh, Kangaroos can't kick a
0: score. No. St Kilda's just, just tracking, not great. I mean, mm. they've lost a contested possession uh, by 22 last week against the Suns. So, uh, they've fallen off a cliff yep. compared to what they started the season with, but maybe this is where they should be in that sort of battling for yeah. an 8th, ninth, 10th yep. spot. I agree. And uh, the Saints to win against North Melbourne. Hamer, uh, that wraps up, of course, our uh, big addition in the absence of Scoey. Yep. Uh, just quickly, you've got East Perth against Peel. You're heading down to Mandra with me. Heading well, down to Mandra. We there for Channel Seven yep. uh to stay top of the table. You must be starting to think uh a bit bigger in terms of your pro- projections of of twenty twenty
1: three. Uh well I mean for us it's it's very much still week at a time, but I think we've got uh we've won we? we've won ten games now and we won six last year. Uh it's looking that if we probably win this week, finals is a lock and I don't I think we'd have to lose every other game of the year to um to fall out. So it's I think finals is a realistic chance to to give it a red hot crack and a real shake up for us, which hasn't happened at the East Perth Royals for a while, so no. the, there's a buzz around the group. We're all feeling pretty good, um, trying to sort of maintain the rage a little bit and not get ahead of ourselves, which is uh, easier said than done when all of a sudden you're top of the ladder. But we're, um, I think we're doing a pretty good job at it. So it'll be, uh, it'll be a good game down in Mandra.
0: Hammer, always a pleasure. Hopefully, another three Santa votes just sneaks into the back pocket on the yeah. weekend. Another thirty <laughs> and two would be very handy as you uh, look towards uh, a big September, as you said uh, for the East Perth club uh that wraps it up uh Scully, of course uh, hopefully rejoining us pretty soon but socials at shelter footy cast footy cast at shelterbrewing.com.au the youtube back chat list uh, Sh- shelter footy cast playlist i've got no idea what it means because it's all social media put to me but jump on board shelter footy cast we'll be back on monday with all the latest from a huge weekend of afl footy even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things